Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. What's going on? Jermaine Johnson. Tune in to Turn on the Jets podcast. Hey, this is Vinny Pasquantino of the Kansas City Royals. Make sure you tune into the Turn on the Jets podcast. Everybody, welcome back to the Turn the Jets podcast. I'm your host, Will Parkinson at WillPod11 on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. We're recording this uh, Wednesday, 3:30. We we're gonna hop on here and talk just about the Jets and a little bit of the Jets Bucks game, how the offensive line looked, Elijah Vera Tucker, Mackay Beck did a lot of exciting stuff. And two minutes before we go on, Corey Davis walks away from football. Um, kind of a crazy scenario to go into a podcast with. I was expecting to talk a little more Dalvin Cook than Corey Davis, but nonetheless, Charles McDonald, Yahoo Sports, NFL, uh, a million other things. He's obviously just fans very familiar with uh, Charles. How are we doing today, man? I'm doing good. Uh, I was just as thrown off by the uh, Corey Davis retirement news, uh, just as you were. I, I, I think it's probably a safe place to start off with. Hope he's okay. Yeah. Hope everything's good with him because like we were talking about before we got on, he he's 28 years old and just walks away from like 10 plus 11 plus million dollars. Uh, that's not something that's easy to do, I'm sure. So hopefully he's good. But as far as like is concerned for this team, which is what the, the focus is going to turn back to that, that was I don't I don't know how many people were like expecting. Obviously, his his offseason attendance has been a little little spotty here and there which probably shows he's actually been considering this for a while um but you know i think that that's a that's a definitely a blow to the depth and we'll see how much it ends up hurting you know as as the season actually goes on because you you feel good about lazard wilson um i don't know like michael hardman to me it seems like that's a that's a gadget type of guy and randall cobb is i mean he's like He's like a million he's, Randall, he's Randall Cobb. <laughs> he's Randall Cobb. Like he, you know, he had his heyday, but he said he was going to retire two, 24 hours ago on Hard Knocks, and that's, that's right. Went to the Jets. Yep, yep. So we'll we'll see how that's going. But I will say, I do think Wilson and Lazard is enough to get you by for a season, for sure, for sure. Because that that's that should be one of the better one two punches in the league as as you know we start to kick things off here. Yeah, I was going to say, obviously, everything. I hope everything's okay. It's, you know, we joked about it. You said it, but like. I don't know what I could, I would do, you know, I don't think anyone, it's hard to walk away from 11, 10 and a half, 11 million dollars uh, to play football. I'd, I'd go out there and get concussed for free probably because I'm sick in the head. So actually uh, I paid to get concussed. Yeah. I was going to say, I, yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> I, 
by the back half of my uh, college football career was me paying to go to school and uh, drink a bunch of beers and get concussed. So uh, <laughs> shatter my leg. But regardless, uh, yeah, no, the, the interesting thing with the Jets is that Lazard went to the locker room early today from practice from apparently getting banged up. We'll see if um, it doesn't look like he's anything serious. But again, we have no idea with the Jets. They With injuries, they like to uh, keep it quite close to the vest. You mentioned the depth. I, I think at best, Corey was wide receiver three on this team. And I actually, the couple practices I've been at, you've been in a couple practices, the tight ends are getting like, it's Garrett Wilson, the backs, then the tight ends, then Lazard, then McCall, like then McCall Harmon and Randall Cobb. It just felt like Corey Davis. It's, I think not to sound heartless here, but from a Jets perspective, you kind of wish, I guess this news happened four or five months ago where you free up another $11 million. You knew you had a hole at receiver. I know this is going to start the Devontae Adams and Mike Evans thing. I jokingly already threw out the Mike Evans thing just because I've said for a while he's an expiring deal. Like if Tampa Bay's smart, they'll trade him at the deadline unless they're going to extend him and get Caleb Williams. That's a whole nother story. Do you think the Jets need to make a move receiver? You kind of said it there. Like they have a pretty solid top two, top three there. And plus this offense should be kind of around the run game, play action, the backs, the tight ends. It doesn't feel like they necessarily need to go spend 17, 18 million dollars on another receiver, right? Yeah, not yet. I, I think this is a situation where get to week one, see what it looks like, see what it feels like. But as of now, you know, look, I I, I, I tell you here is a passing offense as Aaron Rodgers, Garrett Wilson, Alan Lazard. You're going to have Brees Hall in the backfield who, you know, I, I don't I don't last, last week when I was there, he was uh, he hadn't like uh, done stuff with full pads yet, but he looked explosive. Certainly like he looks like um he's running well and, and things are moving in the right direction for him you should be able to just kind of like wait and see what happens um because i think those top two guys especially with wilson as your number one that's enough at least to kind of uh i mean at least to hold the passing offense and if aaron Rodgers is is anywhere close to where he was you know in those mvp seasons then you, you'll be okay but uh you know it it, it does get you a little concerned because where I would where I would come to is I don't know if if Randall Cobb at this point is something that you really want want being a part of like your your passing game as far as like a real deal third wide receiver but there are ways to offset that you know they've invested a lot into the tight end room over the past two off seasons uh you just signed Dalvin Cook like I said Aaron Rodgers Garrett Wilson so just hold on wait and if you're looking at like week four and you're like, man, we really need some juice. Maybe that's when you start looking at a trade. But right now, I think you you hold Pat and you just see how things unroll. Yeah. Plus, the their draft pick situation is a little wonky as well. Like they don't, they can't really trade either right. of their, or their second <laughs> round picks at the moment. Yes, they can go back and negotiate with Green Bay. Green Bay has there's no unless they would just automatically give up the one. Green Bay is not going to do that. So you kind of mentioned it there with Aaron Rodgers. It feels like. I've seen this, the example, I mean, we've, everyone's talked about this, you know, the comps to Tampa Bay where Brady looked kind of like dog shit a little bit at the end of that last Patriots year. They didn't have a lot of weapons. He didn't seem truly bought in. I think he kind of knew it was over. It seems a lot of, you know, comparisons where Rodgers was not. I know Rodgers has had a lot of, like, things he's, like, said or like, been more open the last couple of years on McAfee and stuff. But, like, generally speaking on the field, there was never a single question of Rodgers was going to bring it 100%. And I'm not saying he didn't bring it 100% last year, but – it feels like it just was off the whole year. Like it just didn't feel right. His arm looks just as good as it's ever looked. And like, 
I know he's not going to move quite as much as he used to, probably because he doesn't want to get hit because he's 39 years old, and I wouldn't either. Yeah. That said, I, I just I just don't like I, I don't see that this decline. Like I, he's got all the situations for himself to be good here. The only thing that could happen is the offensive line gets injured. But other than that, like he should be at least 80, 85 percent of the prime Aaron Rodgers. I'm not. Is he going to go 48 touchdowns, five picks? Like probably not. That said, if he went 35 and 10 in terms of touchdowns and interceptions, like you wouldn't feel like, oh, that's a you feel pretty confident that that's a realistic goal. Yeah, I mean this this should be a really good offense, you know. Like, if I mean I'm not even that high on Nate Hackett as a play caller, but this to me this is one of those situations where this, the the offense should kind of be able to run itself. And obviously, Aaron is going to have a huge say in how things turn out on offense. I don't know whether that's good or not. Uh, some guys are really good at playing quarterback, but not so great at like orchestrating the whole thing. Then you get like the best of both worlds of Tom Brady. We'll see what happens. Um, with Rodgers on that front, but even with them, you know, it's, there's just, it, there's too much skill. Like if, if Brees Hall is healthy and Dalvin cook can kind of like move into that spell role where he's not taking on the brunt of the carries. Cause I think that that's probably what's best for him at this point in his career. The, 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 the Dalvin signing, I, I feel like every great running back, they have like a funny money, a thousand yard season right before it turns to shit. Yeah. That know? was last year for Dalvin. That was last year for every, Dalvin. Every advanced <laughs> analytic was garbage and he's still put up like 1,208 <laughs> touchdowns yeah no you even watch him and it's just like you know zero yards zero yards one yard minus one then there's a 50 and those so he's, so he's rookie year Saquon so you're saying yeah yes yes <laughs> without like the peak you know holy shit he's like the most athletic person on the field the shit. <laughs> um but you know Dalvin is your number two pack at, at this point and even dude even going down the list like Michael Carter is your number three. Izzy as like an athletic, let's see what the hell can happen if we have to put him out here, number four or number five. Um, it's a it's a it's a pretty deep running back room. Your wide receiver combo at the start are as about as good as it gonna get in the league outside of like, you know, a Tyree Killer and a Jalen Waddle. You know, there aren't too many guys where you can say these two guys are top three receiver and we feel like they can go against anyone. So I I I'm I wouldn't be too concerned. I mean, we'll, I'm sure we'll get to it, but we all know what the the pressure point on this offense is. It's not yeah. the skill guys. The skill guys are about as good as you will find across the NFL. Yeah, I was going to get to that. Yesterday at practice, again, this is not a padded practice, so I'm just going to – it was a, a simulated Tuesday game week practice. Anyone that's played any, like, type of level above high school football, even in high school football, you know, like, game week practices are different. That said, Mekhi Beck didn't – it's always felt like it's injuries and just being fully bought in for like 60 or 70 snaps. We still haven't seen that obviously because he's played like 20 or 30 snaps. That said, it seems like it's kind of clicked for him where the light switch is back on and he like trusts his body again. There's a play today. He eviscerated Jordan Whitehead and it was just hysterical. Jordan Whitehead's all of like five, nine, 195 pounds. So obviously Mekhi Becton, you know, pancake game is not a big deal. And, uh, there's a guy from the Jets practice squad during the game on the other day that he pancaked. Like, again, it's not about the physical ability, but ABT at right guard, you feel as good about that spot as any spot on the roster. If Beckton's even 90% of what he was as a rookie, you feel really good there. Connor McGovern's fine. Joe Titman will take that job, in my opinion, at least by midseason, because you don't take a center with a top 50 pick if you don't think he's going to play. Left guard Lincoln Tomlinson, can he be average? Can he be league average in terms of he's not going to play the contract? That's obviously an albatross of a $17 million in terms of where he's at. But again, be league average. And Dwayne Brown cleared. 
I know they were terrible last week and pretty frankly awful in Carolina. That said, do you think people should just pump the brakes a little bit or is it like, no, this is like, there is some concern here because otherwise this team can't go anywhere unless they get top. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I would, I would, I would be concerned about the tackle spot for sure. I think your interior, you know, if, if, if they kind of rip the bandaid off and just put Tipman in there and say, look, growing pains, we're going to have to eat them because ceiling wise, like there's no, there's no real comparison about who's better. And and honestly, dude, I don't, Tipman could be better than McGovern right now. It's not like this is a, this is like a world beater center, but I, I, I would be concerned about the tackles. One, Dwayne Brown, you're at the point where you could fall off the cliff at any second. You know, I don't, I, he's had a great career. I, I I don't, but what I would say about Dwayne Brown is in any way that his performance goes, I don't think you should be shocked. If he's solid and adequate, well, that's what he's been his whole career. If he sucks, well, he's 37 years old. Like, you know, <laughs> he was, he was drafted like 2008. Yeah, I remember me, dra- me and Leger Ducible were talking about this in the combine last year. He's like, he was in my draft class. Leger's been on TV winning Emmys for multiple years now and playing the league for a decade. Dude, you know what? My association for for Dwayne Brown, a lot of it comes back to the the head coach of 09 game, and they oh, had like yep. the the draft class uh, that had like Matt Ryan, Joe Flacco, and Dwayne yeah, Brown. Schefter, was, Schefter was still an NFL Network back then. Dude, yes, yes, that was 2008. Okay, he's allowed <laughs> to be bad if he's bad this year, and I don't think you know anyone should be surprised about that. Um, and then with Becton, I personally, I and I've I've been banging this drum like for the past couple of weeks, I I think he's your best tackle, like just straight up. Um, but again, you have like the, the past year and a half of history to even kind of be skeptical about that, even though like he looks, he looks like he's actually taking this shit seriously this off season. Um, he looks a lot slimmer than last year. <laughs> slimmer, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because, <He's still> 360. <laughs> it's funny because right, I was laughing with someone. I was like, dude, he's in great shape. And he's like 350 pounds. It's, it's unbelievable. But the way that he's playing against Tampa Bay, um, I think the way he's looked in practice, uh, when you're when your offensive line is is you know shaky, I guess dice rolls are the way to go when you when you have so much at stake for this season. Um, so yeah, Makai maybe he doesn't play the whole season, but I know Week One he's your best bet at, at right tackle. Um, and then I think what's, what's concerning to me is your starting situation feels a little. You know, I guess I already said shaky, but I'll, I'll use it again. Your starting situation feels a little shaky. I think you should be able to pass by with those guys if they can stay on the field. But we've already seen what's behind them. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I was Imagine just gonna it. say that's the scariest thing. That's the scary part. And like, look, it's not trying to beat up on Billy Turner. The reason Billy Turner's a swing tackle at this point in his career is because he's not consistent, right? He has he has a, he has one set of plays where you're like, all right. That's not terrible. And then the next set of players are like, dude, you just got beat four straight times. Like, that was really bad. That's what happens. There's the Brandon Shells of the world. Like, these guys have cycled through for a long time. It's just depth on their interior is so solid. Like, I feel like they have five or six guys that could start in terms of have started games in the NFL. You'd feel okay with them playing in a, in a role. Even the Tristan Colones, the West Schweitzers of the world. Like, they've played. Tristan Colones was in, you know, in Baltimore. He's played and filled in, in games there. Like, they'll be okay there. It's the tackle spots. And it's not as much as Zach was awful with manipulating the pocket. He was athletic enough where if the tackle spot was bad, you'd assume he could run. 
it's not that Rodgers can't run. You just don't want him running because that's more likely he's going to pull a calf. He's going to get injured. Like that's what happens to these older guys. And he might not run, you know? Yeah. He also might not, <laughs> he, he might, might not just be. be like, I'm, I have less guaranteed money than I used to. I got to, I got to play a little longer than I'm going um, down. Yeah. So I want to flip to the other side of the ball quickly. The issue, the only issue I would point to with the Jets defense at all. And I actually feel like there's really very little Tony Adams has been, you ask anyone that was the staff the last 18 months, I've been banging this drum for a while. They love Tony Adams and he looks awesome. He, he does not stop talking. And like that to me is a young guy who's like, I know I belong here now. Like he didn't last year. I don't know, during camp when you're a UDFA, you just walk into a starting role and you earn it. And like, you're chatting like that. Like that to me means he kind of, he gets it. The only issue, the two issues I have is just, are they going to stay healthy enough on defense? And it's more, it's not about the defensive line, really. Although Quinnen, Quinnen has to play. Like he's the one guy that you can't really replace. CJ Mosley has to play 17 games again. Like that's the one spot where behind him, like Chaz Surratt's a cool athlete. I know Salah loves him, but like if Chaz Surratt and Quincy Williams are your middle linebackers, it's going to be a lot of boom and bust. Like it's going to be like some games where they look awesome, some games where they get put in a blender. It just, you're relying really heavily on, they didn't get injured last year. And Carl Lawson's back doesn't really look right. Like the way he was running last week was a little scary. I know he's said he's working his way back. Again, edge is not a problem. Like, oh, God forbid you have to play Jermaine Johnson and Bryce Huffmore. Like, it'll be okay. Are you worried at all about the defense? Because like elite secondary, elite defensive line, they've an all pro middle linebacker. Like they should be very, very good. Yeah. There's nothing really like this. There's not really any holes. Um, I maybe like you could complain a, a smidge about defensive tackle depth, but other, I mean, even that is is pretty nitpicking because you can get away with like putting Solomon in there. Um, like even even someone like Tanzel Smart, you yeah. you can you can plug Charcucci. him in for yeah, Charcucci, <laughs> the Charcucci board. Uh, I don't really see a hole on on this defense unless, you know, like unless the Tony Adams thing doesn't work out and it just turns out okay, maybe a great practice player has turned out he's a great regular season player, or like you said, if CJ Mosley gets hurt because I know look if I got I think Quincy Williams is a great player but I also think sometimes he kind of needs like big brother on the field for for lack of always needs big brother on the field a lot <laughs> well, of yeah. uh, <laughs> a lot of you, a lot of you go no but a lot of CJ mostly you're gonna go here run like right. a missile. <laughs> yeah because yeah Qu- Quincy's one of those guys where if you can get him in the right spot and he knows what's what's coming he can knock the shit out of someone but you know I don't I don't know if he's gonna be the guy that's green dot organizing everything and getting people all set up and in the right spot but but the, think of what we're talking about like a a a, a free safety defensive tackle depth maybe and what if cj mosley gets hurt these aren't really tangible things to actually be um concerned about and you know unless there's just either like a catastrophic injury or someone figures out how to neutralize a pass rush i don't really see why um there's any reason to be doubtful of what this jets defense can do i mean if i was a jets fan i would i think the expectation should be we should have a top five defenses here yeah. and we got skilled players on offense. Like it's, it's easy to see why, why people are really excited about this team. And um, you know, if I, if I, like, like I said, if I was a Jets fan, I would just be hanging on to roll the dice with Becton, put him out there and hopefully Dwayne Brown can stay on his feet because 
Um, those are really the only problems that I see that could that could ruin a year like this. Yeah, no, I'm I'm on the same page as you. Like the, the Jets team you covered talent wise was a slightly different than the one uh that we're looking at now. The, I, the I entire told, defense built yeah. around Jamal Adams. Yeah, yeah. Jamal Adams <laughs> stat padding against and in a two and you know, whatever, two and fourteen season was truly something special. And then sitting out the Bengals game with a bruised ankle, that was hysterical. Regardless. Looking at last couple of things here, we're looking at this division. I feel like people either think Buffalo is by far the class of the division, or they think the Jets or the Dolphins are going to win. Like, I don't, there's not a lot of people that are like, Buffalo's like, everyone's going to catch up to Buffalo, but they're still going to win. Like, it's, I feel like every, the discourse around the Bills is they're going to go 13 and four again. The Jets in Miami, or there's too many questions still, or people are like, oh, Miami's awesome. Two is going to stay healthy no one can stop Waddle and Tyreek or like we just talked about the Jets, great defense or Rogers, et cetera. It just feels like it's a three team division. And again, it's ridiculous to always count the Patriots. I just, their roster is not very good. And I, and I just, Matt Jones, I don't think he's that great. So that's kind of where I land on that, but am I the crazy? With, yeah. No, I say, the, only th- the only thing with the Patriots that would get me a little worried is like they will have the defensive line to just kind of slug it out and make a game ugly, you know. Like a, I don't, I don't think they'll they'll be scoring a whole lot of points this year, just because I don't, I don't, I'm not really a believer in the talent they've assembled. But that defensive front is is going to be nasty, and that's like the one Achilles heel. I think we, if you're looking at a, a, just a straight matchup, like a, I would still expect to win, but it might be a little tougher than than we were expecting coming to the game. Arguably the three biggest questions on in this division outside of Tua's head is all three of these offensive lines in Buffalo. Their offensive line was terrible the other night against Pittsburgh. Again, Pittsburgh has great pass rush since the preseason. But, like, there's a Josh Allen play that if I was Sean McDermott, I would have choked Josh Allen out if he's running around trying to oh, be, like, a superhero. Yeah. Like, well, what are you doing after a lost season saying how you're not going to do that anymore? And then Miami, like, if Toronto Armstead doesn't play, that offensive line sucks. Like, I don't know. how It's like we've seen it. But we've seen it year over year now. There's a re- and you know he's an incredible player. I just if you get more than twelve games out of him, you feel really good. And we talked about the Jets already. Like it just feels like it's whoever's offensive line sucks the least of those three. Like probably wins the division. I know it sounds just cr- crazy to say that, but like they feel kind of even. And if someone if the Jets offensive line stays healthy, probably winning. They could probably win the division if Buffalo's off. You know what I mean? Like that's where I I keep right. coming back to this. It's trenches and it's really all these are great, four great defensive lines. The offensive lines, though, uh, another story. Yeah, and it's just, and really for the Jets, I feel like their pass blocking, it just needs to like not be a catastrophe. If you can, yeah, don't suck. Don't don't suck. You don't have to be great, but you you can't be like the like bottom five. I like even a top twenty two offensive line. Like if I can say we were just firmly below average, not terrible, not average, but just slightly below average. I think you, you probably have like a top top eight offense that get worse that year. Um, so yeah, but I, I I think that's right because the the through the Dolphins they've tried. I mean, it's crazy. Like they've really tried a million different ways to try and build an offensive line. They've invested draft picks. They've invested free agency money. Um, and the only hit they've really gotten is Teron Armstead. Uh, Connor Williams looking okay center, but everyone else on that line is, you know, you're you're kind of trying to figure stuff out. Um, so, you know, I, I think when you get start getting into these divisional games, and we'll we'll see week one, Monday Night Football, Jets-Bills, um, that's going to be a test because the Jets' defensive line, I mean, 
Dude, I, I, I'm just looking at their their our lads page where you can see the depth charts. Like their edge depth is stupid. You it's weird. Will McDonald's third stringer, like, and he's looked incredible. <laughs> like he's giving everyone right. problems. It's crazy. Right. Bryce Huff listed as a third stringer, but he might be like the best pure, like designated pass rusher in the league. Um, and even then, you're, you're talking about guys like Solomon Thomas who could play out there. Uh, you know, especially like Qu- on run. Quinn Jefferson. Like Quinn Jefferson's like the ninth most like heralded defensive lineman on their team. He had five and a half sacks as a like as a sub package three tech last year. Like it's it's, yeah. it's kind of it's, it's it is really insane. crazy when you look at it. Yeah, and you know, and it, it just goes back to like the philosophy that that Salah's always played with, and um, I know the coaches I love playing with as defensive linemen always had. You know, we're gonna try to have a bunch of guys so you guys can come in and out of the game and. Uh, and stay fresh and, and I think that that's where you you start to see uh the impact in in depth on a scheme like this one where if you were going to cut guys loose and just let them go play and run like rabid dogs up the field then you got to give them a break too every once in a while so like that depth becomes important as you start running through the season but I mean just in terms of defensive line talent it's hard to think of a team that has built this up then you know, if we're just talking about week one on the flip side here comes Von Miller and Ed Oliver, who just got a new deal. And uh, I know that they have some other, some younger guys that they're trying to develop as well. So we'll see where they're at week one. I think that's actually going to be a, a pretty fun game. If you like, if you like watching defensive lines kind of take over a game every once in a while, I think that that might be a fun one week one. Yeah. I look, I'm fully in agreement. It's crazy. I, I mean, we were both in the combine. I, I like met Von Miller at the combine. And I was like, that looks like absurdly healthy for two months post ACL. Like he still looks like he's in insane shape. Last couple of things here. One, which other news of the day, obviously Sam Darnold's in the backup. Trey Lance is the third stringer. That's kind of it. Doesn't really feel like big news because it's kind of feel like all off season, all the reporting from like Rap and and Schefter's been. And Sam Darnold's like got a better shot to start than be a third stringer. Is it too harsh to say to Lance like where do you land on that pick? Because I know there's the him, Zach and him back to back is going to be go down as like just outrageously brutal of both for both teams in the same aspect the Jets end up with Aaron Rodgers out of it and the Niners still made it to an NFC title game like it's it's just is it crazy to think like this as much as it's a bust right because he's played eight total games and barely thrown any passes since high school I don't know they have a bunch of picks and I know he sucked when he's you know in a lot of these preseason games but they haven't even needed him to play I don't know it's a crazy it's one of the most unique and weird scenarios I feel like we've seen in a long time for a quarterback to get taken that high and just like we forgot about him for two years. I don't know. The Lance stuff to me is just like unfortunate for the most part. I don't know. I I on a Sam Monson for Profile Focus, he tweeted out stat last week, I think. Um, or maybe it was the week before, but basically the point is since eighth grade, like since he entered high school, Trey Lance has um, I would I think by now it's about 620 like live in-game reps throwing the ball, like 620-ish past attempts. And that's including high school, college, NFL preseason, NFL regular season. That's that's nothing. I mean, there are guys who throw who throw the ball more than 600 times a season in the NFL. Hell, in college football too. Like we're seeing that more and more. Um, uh, I, I mean, maybe he would have always sucked, but there's a little part of me like, dude, you you have barely played any football because the, the, the last time that Trey Lance played a full season of football, we didn't even know what COVID was, dude. That was 2019. 
it's 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 pretty it's pretty spectacular. Like once you start piecing it all together, played one game and is a big yeah, year. and then they played one game in twenty twenty, and he didn't even so look you, good. It was brutal. No, um, so yeah, I don't I I don't really know what's what's next. I, I but I do know this. I don't think there are gonna be a whole lot of coaches like staking their job security on being able to develop him or not. No. Um, and I and I also I don't know if San Francisco is gonna get back a package that they think is going to be worthy of giving him away because it's almost like if you don't play him, there's still the, like, if he doesn't play at all this year, someone's going to hold on to like, I still deep down think the Jets almost did this last year where it's like the less bad tape there is, the more you can try to sell somebody that it's worth trying to resurrect this guy. Yeah. But it's hard to do that when you say Sam Darnold's <laughs> had him on the backup. Uh, I mean, on, on the, on the depth chart. So we'll 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 see. I I don't like maybe tra- uh, like I said maybe Trey Lance is always going to suck, but I still would have liked to see him play and prove it. Um, I I just I just don't really know that we've learned anything about him. Uh, really since like the 20, 2019 season because it's it's all gone so wrong for him in ways that he couldn't necessarily control. You know you you can't control going getting drafted to the 49ers who really have no intention of playing you year one. Can't control breaking your leg year two. Can't control Brock Purdy coming in and, and playing well enough where you have to make him the starter. Uh, so maybe he's cooked. I would assume that, like, just mentally bouncing back from all that has to be pretty tough. So he probably needs to go and just recollect and sit somewhere. But at some point, if you're fun. going to right, at some point if you're going to actualize this, you got to play. So we'll, I, I, and, and we're we're so far along from him playing that. Um, or so far removed, I should say, that it just doesn't feel like a realistic opportunity he's going to get at this point. Yeah, I, I think Brad Spielberg tweeted before, like, Minnesota does make a lot of sense. Like, Kirk's going to probably be, I don't know, you want to sit behind a guy and, like, smart offense. No, you're not going to play this year. Kirk's durable. But, like, at the same time, eventually Minnesota's going to be in a situation where they need it. You know, the quarterback, like, that's a team, I guess. I don't, I, I have no idea what's going to happen there. Last two quick things here. One, your Falcons are, one of the most interesting teams, obviously on the Jets schedule, so it's a little bit more relevant than when I normally ask you about the Falcons. Mm-hmm. I just I didn't like Desmarita coming out transparently, so I'm not that high on that. But like other than that, I really like this Falcons roster. Like offensively, like you should be able to do a lot. Defensively, like I don't we'll see. They've like AJ Terrell's an awesome player. They've got some other spot pieces there. Jesse Bates is really good. Like there's a lot of pieces there. Are you is this the most optimistic you've been in a little bit of time? And B, this is this would be a quick one. We did a Julio Jones to the Jets resurrection of his corpse for six games before they trade for somebody else. You know, maybe a little Julio in New York, just uh, and Sammy Watkins bring Jordy Nelson bring all the whole band back together. Wow, that'd I would be, like that. Be, honestly, yeah. it looks pretty cool. Get, all would, black. I would try to take. I swear, if, if Julio got signed by the Jets, I would probably take a try to take a Sunday off just to go watch a game with a fan. He's like my favorite player. Since Mike Vick, probably, I love him. Um, he's better than AB. I'll stick to that. Less crazy too. Um, <laughs> um, but going back to the Falcons question, I I would say expectations is like I don't have really any expectations or things that I would predict for this season. I just want to see some touchdowns, and I think that we might be able to score some touchdowns this year. Whether that's conducive towards winning games, I don't know. 
because I've seen the Falcons score 40 points multiple times and still lose. Uh, so we'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll see like if that actually gets him across the bench line, but I, I really just need Desmond Ritter to be like, remember how bad Alex Smith was. And then John Harbaugh or Jim Harbaugh got to San Francisco and like Alex Smith was still not good, but you figured out, okay, well we can kind of meme this up into getting like a, a 15 touchdown, five interception season. That's all I'm looking for from Desmond Ritter. I don't need you to light it up. Don't need a world beater. I just need, because, because I still trust Arthur Smith as like a play designer and a play caller. It, the shit's going to be open. Can you just hit it? That's what that's what the biggest problem was last year with with Mariota. Um, and like, if you look at Mariota's targets to Kyle Pitts, uh, he he just missed on like I think it was fifty six percent of his targets to Kyle Pitts, like just missed, which is that's it's frankly, impossible to do. It, it's almost it's almost impossible. Like like legitimately, that's what it would be like if you or me went out there and just say, okay, let, let's give it a try. Uh, so like, I don't I don't think he's great. I personally would have taken Ritter in the second round. I don't, I never was like, yeah, maybe you could take him in the first round, but that feels like a huge leap to me. Second round felt more comfortable because I do think he has, and I've, I've always thought like he has like some starter upside, maybe one of those guys where if you put the pieces around him, it can, it can, he can just kind of drive the car at 50 miles an hour on the highway and, and it gets you, gets you to where you're trying to go. Um, but I think if they get to a spot where, oh, you know, B. John's hitting a little bit of a rookie wall, Maybe Kyle Pitts or Drake London gets hurt. That that would scare me because this whole thing is contingent on those guys staying healthy, being able to block it up up front, um, and just having your playmakers back for the whole season, which they didn't have last year. So, look, just be be post terrible, Alex Smith, cruise it, you know, take it easy, and then maybe next year we can start to really open it up and and testing him more as like a franchise quarterback. But for this year, I'm not asking for too much. Here, last last question here, and I will be pounding the Drake London is better than Chris Olave drum for the next decade. So that's right. I will be locked in every single Falcons game strictly based on my Drake London fandom. One team that's getting a little too much buzz, or one team people are talking about, they think is going to be a contender that <clears throat> you're not as high on. <clears throat> I'm going to cut this out. I'm going to redo that. But <laughs> um, one team that's getting too much buzz, maybe, or some of that, a team that people think is a contender um, that you're not quite as high on and vice versa a team that maybe isn't getting as much love this, you know, this summer that maybe they're, maybe they were a borderline playoff team that or you know, people think it's coming in seven games. You think it's a playoff team or a team that's a wild card team. You think can make a Super Bowl run. Is there one of each, you, you know, kind of come to mind for you? Um, one, one that I've been thinking about where maybe it doesn't, or, or maybe I, I've been too low on them uh, is a commanders actually. And for me, for me personally, I don't know how, like how other people have been receiving that team, but there's just been so much crap, like off the field. We forgot about the actual product. Right. I forgot about the actual team, you know? And I I honestly think that, you know, getting Dan Snyder out of there was good for everyone because now the focus can kind of get back to football as far as that team is concerned. And I, I know Monday night, the preseason game, I had a great time watching it, but there, there still is a caveat. Yeah. It's their offense versus the Ravens backups for the first half of the game. But it was a reminder to me, like, dude, they've quietly assembled the fucking crazy wide receiver room, dude. <laughs> you know, Terry McLaurin, Dotson, Dotson, he's looking like he could be a number one on a handful of teams. And and Terry obviously is bonafide because he got paid. And now even guys like Diami Brown, uh, as your third wide out, 
you can you can get Antonio Gibson involved in that as well. I don't know how Sam Howell is going to perform, but I know he's got the targets at least to work with. And Eric Bieniemy is you know dialing up as he seems to be able to do over the past couple of preseason games. Then maybe this could be a team that ends up being a little frisky. Um, you know, down down the you know as the season goes along, and the defense should still be good. I don't I don't look I don't think Jack Del Rio is a great defensive coordinator, but the talent he has is undeniable. Like the defensive line's crazy. They got guys in the secondary that can play. Um, like even get even find like Kim Curl in the in the seventh round a couple years ago. That's been a big find. You add another cornerback this year in Emmanuel Forbes. So like that to me in, in a way is like the Jets offense where the talent should be able to buoy like any coaching concerns that you might have um and on the flip side that's a tough one Curtis Samuel by the way sleepy uh another option in Washington as well he was oh, awesome yeah. two years ago in Carolina and then he got yeah he got, he got hurt and we got paid and then last year was actually decent yeah um on the flip side I don't know how many people think of like the Jaguars as contenders but to me this is I don't I don't I don't I think they're not even guaranteed to repeat as AFC South champs i do if 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 one if if indianapolis can resolve this jonathan taylor situation and like quentin nelson and ryan kelly get back into form that should be one of the if not like the best ground game in football with anthony richardson and what what makes me nervous about the jaguars is you know you had a chance really to to kind of beef up this pass rush in the offseason and they were pretty complacent um i know that trayvon walker's got like all the skills and talent but right now it, it it doesn't really look like they have the right plan for him as far as like trying to make him. I was like, gonna say up. they just make this make him this like big like Julius Peppers at the end of his career guy that like drops like, into yeah. coverage. Like, what are we doing? Like yeah, just rush yeah, the passer. Yeah, just rush, yeah, let him put his hand in the dirt and brush the passer. It's weird. Like they have a very specific way that they want him to play football, but it might not be conducive to how he actually plays football best. Uh and hopefully they figure it out because I think that <laughs> excuse me, he can actually be like a chess piece and one that's explosive for them. But the, the pass rush scares me. The linebacker situation is just okay. I don't think they took enough steps on defense, to like actually cement themselves as AFC powerhouses, but you got Trevor Lawrence, you got Calvin Ridley. So they should be able to put up some points, but I think they, they could have done a little bit more to actually like solidify that status and they just didn't do it. Yeah. I'm, I'm actually right there with you on both those. I, Jack's thing's weird. Like, if you really look back at how they got, even in the playoffs, the Ravens game was nuts. The Cowboys game was ridiculous. Like, it was, like, crazy wins. They beat Chris Streveler, basically, in prime time with the Jets. And then, like, the Chargers absolutely bottled that. And Trevor Lawrence threw, four, like, four picks in the first half. They were down 30 right. points. If you get one first down as a Chargers team, like, again, you get credit because they did make the playoffs and they did do that stuff, but – I love Doug P. Like I like Trevor Lawrence a lot. I just feel like we kind of overrate one playoff win and like the fact that they didn't get like curb stomped against Kansas City, but like also Mahomes like died like mid first quarter. Yeah, so it's yeah, like, you know what I mean? Like are we it's like one of those context things where do we, you know, we talked about Patriots defense before, like Patriots defense played Zach Wilson and Sam Ellinger three times last year. Like their DVOA got slightly inflated, uh, you know, based off of, of things like that. Teddy Bridgewater got in there for a game too. So um I'm right there with you. And obviously you got a bunch of stuff out on Yahoo. Exemplist coming back. Anywhere else uh, everybody could uh, find you, although I'm assuming most people that listen to this pod already. <laughs> um, already tuned oh, in. Occasionally I'll be on uh, 
brother from another with Michael Smith and Michael Holly. I'm going to suffer them throughout the season. So maybe if you if, if you got Peacock, just check that show out. I might be on there someday. Right, there we go. Yeah, I've I've every streaming service under the sun because it's more <laughs> it's more expensive than cable. So why not? Uh, same. Why, same, not get, same. why not get bent over by the uh, the big tech companies? <laughs> Regardless, appreciate you hopping on as always. Again, uh, obviously touched on in the beginning. We hope everything's okay with Corey Davis. Um, you know, obviously walked away from football uh, about an hour or so ago and. Uh, be back tomorrow brad spielberg on the pod make sure you guys are checking out charles work and uh we'll talk to you guys tomorrow